Giving to God their life isn't a loss, it's a win. Giving to God your whole life isn't losing, it's winning. Let's turn in our Bibles to Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. This verse is going to act as the bouncing board for what we're going to look at today. If you want a more relevant book for our day and age, the book of Daniel is the one. So Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Teens, I hope you know this one really well. And it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. There has never been a time in the history of the world for when the principles we'll be gleaning off of this book are more applicable than these days. As you may already know, there are hundreds of truths all over these passages, and especially in the book of Daniel itself. And we can talk about all these specific themes, but the main and overwhelming theme that you will notice is pointed out in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, and especially for this message today. These themes are the areas, I believe. This one theme is the, one of the biggest areas that the Christians need to apply in our daily lives. Daniel shows us throughout his whole life that faith and life shouldn't be two different types of islands, so to speak, but they are one and the same. Life and faith are not to be separated. They're supposed to be put together. I believe that through the faith that Daniel had been given from God, he also received great wisdom. And this wisdom is what I believe helped him to understand the times that he lived in. Often as Christians, we don't like sudden changes. And especially when it affects us specifically. When the changes of our culture takes place, usually those changes are not good changes. We know that the changes in our cultures usually turn out to become worse and worse. And the world around us is becoming worse and worse. Daniel had been acquainted with three different cultures, if you look into his life. Three different cultures because you notice that he was, first of all, in the midst of an Israel that was worshiping idols. And then, when that nation was taken, it was taken by another nation, the, ba the nation of Babylon, which was even worse. That was so much more into idolatry. And then, even after that, that nation was taken over by another nation. And the Persian culture came in, which was still more relaxed, but was willing to do more and more compromise. Much of what Daniel had to go through was cultural shifts. Just when you thought you were getting used to one ruler, here comes another one. But the Bible records that Daniel stayed faithful through it all. He dared to be a Daniel. So, is this book applicable? Yes, this book is very much applicable, especially for us today. I have no doubt that our culture has shifted permanently. 
I don't think that after this is all said and done, that it will actually be done. I think that there will be permanent changes after these times have taken place. We're entering a new era. But as Christians, what does God want of us when we live our life from day to day? The Christian's life is to apply faith in everything we do. Faith is never supposed to be independent of how we live. In Colossians 3, verse 17, it says, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And then how is any of this supposed to be done? How are we supposed to do everything in the name of the Lord? In faith. If you look at Romans 1.17, it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 11.6, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So, we're going to take a look at three different truths. Three different truths. Three different areas of faith that Daniel had. These areas all need to be not only understood, but also applied daily to have a faith-filled life. Daniel dared to trust God and live for him. And you and I can dare to be a Daniel. Before, without further ado, let's open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you for everyone watching who've set aside the time to gather uh, in front of their device to watch or even to listen. And I pray, Lord, that they will be blessed, but also challenged by this message. I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me and that you would work in the hearts of everyone, including myself, to dare to be a Daniel, to dare to live by faith, to use the faith that you have given to glorify you and honor you, even in these last days, as cultures shift and change. Lord, we don't know what will happen next, but we know that you are in control of many things and everything, and you wish for us to live by faith. Lord, we pray that we would learn from this book, and we thank you, Lord, and we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith in the truth that God is Sovereign. That's the first one. God is sovereign. So what is a sovereign? A sovereign is a ruler. The sovereign of Canada is the queen of the commonwealth. This queen is represented by the governor general at the parliament, in Canada at least. But when sovereigns used to have absolute monarchy, absolute monarchy was a type of government, they had absolute and full control over their realm. They were able to decide whether to intervene or not, whether to reward or to punish. And what we see in the life of Daniel is that his whole life was to go under these authorities of these different sovereigns. Daniel was under, first of all, when we look at his life, he was under the rule of a king named Jehoiakim of Judah. But then after Jehoiakim came Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. 
He was a different sovereign. And then after Nebuchadnezzar came Belshazzar, or Belshazzar. He was the son of Nebuchadnezzar. And then Daniel was put under Darius, the king of the Medes. And then he was put under King Cyrus, the king of Persia. So many cultural shifts. But you're probably wondering, wait, he was under sovereigns? He was under kings? Yeah. You see, Daniel, he, he was, so to speak, he was a Renaissance man. He was a polymath. He was a Leonardo da Vinci of his time. That's what he was. Daniel, he had many skillful things about him. He was favored by the governments. When a government, when these nations would take over other nations, they wouldn't slay men like Daniel. They would use them because they were like national treasures. So these men would be used under different nations and would just be passed on from nation to nation to nation because these other nations would rather not waste such good talent. So Daniel was being moved from place to place. So it would be completely understandable if Daniel by this time was fed up by the maybe first or second or third king that he was moved to, right? He would probably be, we would probably understand it by his, you know, by our standards, by the standards of living of our time, if he was fed up by now. The area that Daniel understood in his life, in his faith, the area that he understood is that God is sovereign. You notice that Daniel didn't speak against the nations that captured him. He didn't rebel and speak of how his rights were being trampled on. His faith was resting in the fact that God is sovereign. Daniel's whole life was made up of servitude to sovereigns, to kings. It was made up of being a servant. But ultimately, he understood that God is the one who is ultimately the sovereign over all. He was the king of kings. He understood that whatsoever takes place, God is in control. And if God needs to intervene, he will intervene, he will intervene whether man decides that God needs to or not. The people that were placed over Daniel were also placed there by God. If you would turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. Here's what it says. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. If God created the universe, that is the, then what is the will of man that he can't change? You see, Proverbs 21 verse 1. I think it's Mrs. White's favorite. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. The faith that Daniel showed was when he would serve these kings or sovereigns out of a heart of humility with the faith that he was ultimately serving God. Now, how does that apply to us today? Well, Paul had something to say about that. Romans 13, if you would turn there. Romans 13 and chapter number 1. Here's how Paul tells us, for us Christians today, how we ought to serve. 
Romans 13 and verse 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. In verse 2, whosoever therefore resisted the power, resisted the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now, if you jump down to verse 5, it says, Wherefore ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. It is in this understanding that your faith could grow in an ever-changing culture. If you would dare to be a Daniel, have faith that God has full control of all situations that you are in. Trust God that he has full control. Now, the second area, Daniel had faith in the truth that God is also powerful. Now, the Sunday school answer would be God is omnipotent. That's our understanding of this. Many Christians know this usually in their head. Oh, yeah, God is omnipotent. But they will not touch that area with their heart. It's nice that you know that God is powerful. But if you actually placed your faith in that, do you know how much you could actually do? Now, Jesus had something to say about this. Take a look in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, and then verse 6, here's what it says. And the Lord said, if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. I had mentioned Proverbs 21, verse 1, that God can change the heart of the king. It is interesting of how many people usually assume the answers of their higher-ups that they will give without ever asking. It's interesting how many people would assume the answers that their bosses would give them. For example, asking for a later shift on Saturdays for work because you want to come to church for flyering or soul winning. But you keep assuming that your employer would not give it to you because that is the shift they gave you. Therefore, you must do Saturday shift. Or you want Sunday off so you could attend church service or at least watch it online. But you assume that they will not give it to you so you never bothered to ask. Guy comes of age and asks uh, to ask a girl that he's had an interest for a while. But assumes that he would get rejected if he were to ever ask that girl to courtship. A teenager is unsure of their future. They know their parents have a dream in mind for them in the secular world. But the teenager also feels God wants them to try Bible college for at least a year. But they assume that their parents would say no. Parents assume that their children will be unfulfilled and will live an unhappy life if their children were to give their lives to God or to live a life of ministry. Those are all examples of a lack of faith in the power of God. And what we need is Daniel's faith in God. You understand that it is that lack of faith that the devil will try to take advantage of you. Your relationships, your job, your school, etc. When you understand that God is in control of everything, 
and that he has all power, then according to your faith, there will be answers to your prayers. There will be answers to the steps you take by faith. So there's your two areas. Now for the third. Faith in the truth that God deserves our everything. God deserves our everything. When you look in Daniel's life, you come to realize that Daniel was a man that let God have every part of his life. When the meats offered to idols were being given to him, he rejected them because he had faith in God's provision. That type of decision isn't, my, isn't usually made by the average Joe. But that is the reasonable thing for every Christian to do. Let's take a look in Romans chapter 12. I'm sure many of you know this already. Or have at least heard this verse many times over. But Romans 12 verse 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And, he, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let us dare to be Daniels. And give our lives to God. All throughout the history of Christianity. It wasn't the men and women. That only gave parts of their life. That made the difference in history. The ones who made a difference. Were the ones that had given it all. If Daniel was ever going to reject the meat. Given to him by the king. That had just wiped out the whole country. That he used to live in. He had to have given everything to God. If Daniel was going to pray to God. Through, even through the times when there was a decree. That he should not pray. Or worship his God. Daniel had to have no fear. In order to do that. He had to have entrusted his whole life to God. He had to have entrusted his whole life. Into God's hands. Honestly, as Christians, we have the greatest advantages of all types of human. Of any type of human on this earth, the Christians have the greatest advantage. We have nothing to fear but God. The average man takes a hold of what they have in life and puts their trust in whatever they have. But as we all know, whatever we have as of right now, we can easily lose in our day and age, there are more and more things to get your mind off of God and onto yourself or other things in this world and to lose complete focus on Christ. There are more things that demand of your life that even demand your attention. And this is why some people can't make commitments to church. Often it's this thought that what if I can't commit? What if I can't commit to making it on time for, fire, for flyering or for the FBI? What if I can't commit? Would I be able to do this or would I be able to do that? But often what these types of people don't really realize is that giving to God their life isn't a loss. It's a win. 
Giving to God your whole life isn't losing. It's winning. Don't be one of those people, but dare to be a Daniel. Let's go back to Daniel 1.8 here. Daniel 1.8. Daniel 1.8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would, not, uh, he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Why did Daniel do this? Because he had given himself fully to God. He didn't fear what the king would do. He didn't fear what men could do to him. He's somewhat of a representation also of what the first century Christians were like. First century Christianity wasn't a conversion that was easy. They couldn't live a life of ease and comfort while still being true to what they believed. You can't, you can't serve God and mammon. Becoming a Christian back then was like taking upon yourself a death sentence. You would have to be, you would have to have been hated by the Jews, but also been despised by the Romans. Those Christians that lived in the first century were fully surrendered Christians because they had to be. They can't survive otherwise. Perhaps this was why Paul had to remind his readers in Philippians 1.21, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. And then Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Converting to Christianity is a death sentence. Paul dared to be a Daniel. Even today, as the world is seeing more and more converts to Christianity in what is known as the East or the Forgotten Circle, as some people would put it, but I'd like to say, I'd like to call it the East, more and more Christians are realizing that you cannot live the Christian life by living on a middle ground. You can't serve Christ and then the world. It's one or the other. In India today, Christians are facing persecution, not only by radical nationalists, but the, even the Indian government. There is a giant movement going up in India that the government is even helping out in that believes that all Indians must be Hindu. Nothing else. Christian women in India are ejected from their families and acid is poured on their faces. They are forever disfigured. No amount of makeup would fix that. But they're beautiful in the eyes of Christ. There are others that were stoned to death by their village. Why? Because they dared to live the Christian life. They dared to be a Daniel. Pastors in, back in Pakistan are chased down by extremists, holding machetes and torches simply because the pastor tried to witness in his village. You don't have to look far to find images of these things. They're posted all over Facebook. But Christianity in the West doesn't seem to hold as much of a price as it does over there. Because Christians would rather surround themselves with comforts. And some Christians would rather put on blinders to the call of God to give themselves to him. This begs the question then. Why should you dare to be a Daniel? 
Why should you dare to live a faith-filled life in the midst of a Christian-hating world? Then let me conclude it, and let me answer the question. Number one, it's your reasonable faith. It's your reasonable service. Excuse me. It's your reasonable service that is mentioned at the end of Romans 12.1. Reasonable because all of, the, all of the first 11 chapters of Romans speaks of the, the depravity of man and what Christ had to do to save us and just knowing the fact that an all-powerful God decided to save you instead of annihilating you. It's our reasonable service. What we could do at the least. Our gratitude, out of gratitude or out of love. It's our reasonable service. Remember that God is sovereign and God is powerful. Therefore, God deserves our all. Number two, it brings glory to God because others notice. Now, I hope you're in Daniel chapter one. Look at verse nine. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Would you like the favor of people? Would you like the favor of your boss at work? Take a step of faith. Dare to be a Daniel. Would you like the favor of the people you work with? Then take a step of faith and be a Daniel. Would you like favor with the strangers you meet on a daily basis? Then take the step of faith and dare to be a Daniel. Humanly speaking, when Daniel took the step of faith, I'm sure the devil was starting to challenge him. Perhaps his flesh was starting to get in the way. But God, but God brought the reward, nevertheless. So do you want favor with your fellow man? Take a step of faith. And you can take a, take a step of faith this Saturday as well. Come out for flyering. Take the initiative and reach out to us and we'll help you out. Your schedule probably might not allow it. Then ask God to clear your schedule. Take a step of faith. Maybe you missed out on Sacrifice Sunday. Maybe you thought, maybe not this year. Maybe I'll try it the year after. Take a step of faith and trust God and take the challenge to dare to be a Daniel. Maybe you're hesitant about making time for church. It costs you your attention to turn on your computer or your device and to watch a church service. Take the step of faith. Trust God and just do it. What you will find is that all of a sudden you will start having favor with people. People will start to notice your dedication in the little things and then the big things. But my greatest encouragement to you today in this message is dare to be a dad. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.